covered in KY jelly. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Weird Thing About That, where me and my fellow players are given a subject matter and have to find the weirdest, most interesting or funniest story on that subject. The stories will be scored by a head judge and the winner will be revealed at the end of the episode. I'm Chris and joining me today, having just wasted his life drilling through a tunnel, Chucky. Yo. And having wasted his life having just drilled through his own hand, Chow. Hi. And of course our head judge, Joe. Having just wasted my life drilling through your man. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh. I didn't I didn't get an intro, did I? Everyone else did. No, I'm just You just don't do me. stories as I'm just the, No, I've got the hardest job of listening to you folks. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Well, if you so so enthused, could you please tell us what today's subject is and how it will be scored, please? This week's subject Demons, Devils and the Darkness. You will be judged on the cleft system. <laughs> If your story is clever, lovely, and erotic fun times. <laughs> and who's going first? You can. Oh, okay. For your insubordination. <laughs> <laughs> if I was to say the phrase, demon core, you may be forgiven for thinking it was a new genre of hellish Norwegian death metal. You would be incorrect, however it was a piece of metal and it did cause death. The metal in question was a dull coloured hemisphere about the size and shape of a football cut in half. That was to be the core of a new atomic weapon to be used against Japan in World War II. Thankfully the war was over before the bomb ever got to be used, but that didn't stop the Demon Corps from claiming human lives. This story takes place in New Mexico 1946 in a secret laboratory hidden in a canyon, three miles from Los Alamos County, where Canadian scientist Louis Slotin was showing his colleagues how to bring the exposed core of a nuclear weapon nearly to the point of critical in a tricky operation known as Tickling the Dragon's Tail. Shut up, it's not called that. It is. Fucking science. Louis was confident in the operation, being a world leader in, handing, in handling large quantities of plutonium. In fact, he helped develop the first ever atomic weapon just a year earlier. The procedure should have been simple. He would lower a half shell of beryllium, called the tamper, over the core, leaving a slight gap at the bottom. The beryllium would reflect back the neutrons that were shooting off the plutonium, which causes a weak nuclear reaction, on which the physicists could then gather data. Slotin held the tamper in his left hand, in his right hand, he held a long screwdriver, which he planned to wedge between the two components to keep them apart. As he began the slow process of lowering the tamper, one of his colleagues, Raymer Schreiber, turned away to look at something else. But suddenly, he heard a sound behind him. The screwdriver had slipped and the tamper had dropped fully over the core. When Schreiber, when he turned around, he saw a flash of blue light and felt a wave of heat on his face. In Schreiber's own words, the blue flash was clearly visible in the room, even though it was well illuminated from the windows and, and overhead lights. The total duration of the flash could not have been more than a few tenths of a second. The radioactivity produced from dropping the tamper fully on the core exited the, uh, excited the electrons in the air, which, as they slipped back into the unexcited state, emitted high-energy photons, the blue flash. This flash caused the military guard to flee from the room and run up a nearby hill, not knowing what was going on. A bunch of fannies. <laughs> Louis was the only one present who died from the radiation just nine days after the accident, but he wasn't the only death caused by the Demon Corps. Exactly nine months late before this incident, Harry Daglian Jr. sorry, performed a 
Similar experiment but with tungsten carbide blocks instead of beryllium, but he dropped one of the blocks causing a similar reaction and it also ended up dying from his mistake. The core was originally known as Rufus, but after the two fatal accidents and a string of other strange and fatal incidents surrounding the lab at the time, including about two dozen other deaths, it earned its name the Demon Core. Gentlemen, your rebuttals. So, I, I, a fucking screwdriver to hold this thing, was it no butter knives? Like, surely was you that, have was, like was there not or summer? some sort of apparatus that could grip it? Like, yeah. Just, yeah. just wedge it with a fucking screwdriver? It's not my dad. I, I, had, to, <laughs> I had to wear safety goggles to like mix water solutions in chemistry at high school i always thought that scientists were really really fucking well you fucking understand why now don't yeah, you exactly. you've got some guy you, on a fucking think like, this is why step ladder yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's on the end of a fondue fork just yeah. waggle that in there mate yeah it's fine i got a list here of the other two dozen my, my other, my other point was it. i imagine the other guy that dropped the beryllium cubes into it or something, was doing it in a sort of generation game, crystal maze style fucking challenge. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What is, is this like a wacky days antics? Why was he trying to get it to almost, was he just getting So they it get it to almost critical to, to sort of cause like weak nuclear reactions and then the scientists can sort of like gather data on that because they're still sort of learning about how radiation works at this, well, this, this point. This was like 46, so. was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Um, so the, there was other deaths surrounding the, uh, the near the demon core, which can't. Well, I don't know. I'm going to guess someone fashioned the demon core into a knife and stabbed <laughs> someone with it. I think it was just sort of linking it to the demon core, having even though it had sort of nothing to do with it. So it was truck and tractor accidents, inadvertent <laughs> weapons <laughs> discharges, a suicide, a drowning, a fall from a horse. And uh, four of the fatalities were just bad luck, it says. <laughs> Involving... Fell from the horse. Must have been the demon core. Yeah. It's the only Involving a, a group of janitors who shared wine that was laced with antifreeze. Right. But because this was all happening around the same time that the core was present at this laboratory, oh, people so were sort of like it's, going, it's like a ma- it's cursed. It's like a mania yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. So mm. only three people genuinely died then. Someone two, fell from a horse. Two people died, and then two dozen other deaths are sort of like tenuously linked to it. I, th- it's nothing I think to in do the original really, experiment, but... the other guy died shortly afterwards as well. He made oh, a right. uh, plan when uh, once he'd sort of dropped it. One of the first things he did was sketch out where people stood in the room and worked out how much radiation had all been exposed to. Okay. And sort of gave each person a sort of like lifespan from that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! So he basically made one. the first Death Day book. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Have you, you experiment um, though? It just said he looked at something else. It's like. I mean, I, my my attention span's terrible. Nah, if it was like, if you know that that guy drops the fucking screwdriver and you die, yeah. balls to the wall, I'm watching the fucker who's doing it. I don't know what was going on in the background. That was Hot so... air balloon went past the window, yeah, mate. The guard. Like something, <laughs> isn't it? the guard had the right idea. He just fucked off and ran up a hill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gravity will save me from radiation. Like yeah, I kind of looked, I was like, how does radiation actually kill people? Because... It breaks down the cells. It's exposure, yeah, so, exposure to it. Over and uh, I came across some interesting things like, um, you know, when you get sunburn, you kind of think, oh, the sun has burnt my skin. Mm-hmm. But it isn't that. It's that the, the sun has sort of broken down your DNA and then themselves, that the cells all just kill themselves yeah. so they don't turn cancerous. And that's what the red is. It's just the cells all killing themselves. Yes. But in radiation, it's like that, but in 3D because they're going all the way through your body, body and yeah. your whole body is just killing itself because it's, like, it's like, the, can't, the, the cells are just like this isn't what I'm supposed to look like I'm like going to f- die it's third degree sunburn if 
radiation poisoning. In right? 3D, yeah, yeah, all the way through your body, basically. Right. So that's why 3D cinema never took off. <laughs> uh, let's do chow. Using a public latrine can be a harrowing experience in and of itself. Badly fitted or en- badly fitted and or engineered locks, less than ideal sanitary conditions, forgetting to check toilet paper stock before commencing the act for which you went in there to complete, and the worry that someone may ascertain if the cubicle is occupied by knocking as though they're about to commence a drugs bust is enough to set most people's hearts racing without any supernatural additions. Fortunately, the Japanese have found a way to add even more anxiety to answering the call of nature whilst in a school or public convenience. A masked spirit known as Akamanto, a red cape wearing supernatural being that haunts the last stall in women's schools and public bathrooms. Like a masked male moaning myrtle, According to urban legend, Akamanto will ask a person answering a call of nature in a public restroom their preferred colour of toilet paper, red or blue. If the occupier answers red, their demise will be violent, brought about by lacerating the victim until their corpse resembles the colour of the chosen toilet paper. If blue is chosen, then the stall's occupant will shuffle from this mortal coil by being asphyxiated, their face turning the same shade as the toilet paper they chose. So how does one avoid doing an Elvis and meeting their demise on the toilet <laughs> if Akamanto pays you a visit whilst you're dropping the kids off at the pool? One tactic to avoid is to ask Akamanto for a different colour of toilet paper, as such insolence will result in Akamanto dragging you to the underworld. In some variations of the legend, asking for yellow toilet paper will result in you getting a swirly, i.e. your head flushed down the toilet. The consensus for dealing with Akamanto and his sinister questioning is to say you don't want or have a preference for either kind of toilet paper, or to simply ignore him altogether. Akamanto will soon become bored of your lack of engagement with his preoccupation for the aesthetics of toilet paper, and leave you in solitude to finish your business. Alternatively, waiting till you get home to pinch a loaf may be the most prudent course of action if you don't want to be murdered by a supernatural pervert. Gentlemen, your rebuttals. If I was... Uh, when we get to Jay... We're doing Japanese ghosts because there's fucking loads of them that are exactly as mental as that one. Oh, man. If I was sat in a public toilet and then a ghostly sort of hand came out and said, what toilet? I wouldn't even answer. I'd be out of there like a flash. Yeah. Like, fucking, what's going on? You would say, well, this is that you don't, just don't engage with anyone. If you're having a shit and somebody's like, what colour toilet paper do you want? Just don't engage with it. Yeah. Prudent course of action, really. But, but I've never seen red toilet paper or blue toilet paper, so I'd kind of want to see both. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, nah, one from that one, one from the other. Like, He's going to strangle you and then and then beat the crap out of you. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't uh, who was it? Was it Simon Cowell? <laughs> Does it just look like Morpheus, but in one hand it's like red, <laughs> <laughs> red paper and one in blue? Wasn't it Simon Cowell who made a big deal about using black? Toilet? Oh, he's a cunt. Yeah, he's a twat. Oh, how would you use black? You couldn't tell if you wiped it all off. I don't know. What are you eating? Yeah. Mine's a couple of shades, usually a couple of shades lighter than black. Uh, I use Depends how much I've drunk. Entirely that. charcoal and Guinness a diet. Guinness. Mate, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I found out about this because um, I was watching a, like, a, oh, secret things you've missed in Squid Game. And you know the bit at the start of, uh, in the first episode, when they're playing the thing on the platform and they're hitting it red and blue squares apparently that is a very subtle nod and homage to Akamanto oh okay yeah. but, mm. but they're Korean not Japanese yeah yeah, yeah no I, I think it was um, it was probably still pretty prominent in the it's in not that like appropriate because well, when, when we were watching it I, I looked it up and I was like I have no idea what the fuck they were doing and it is th- this that game exists in thousands of other cultures 
because it's a it's game kind of, of just old pogs. It's pogs. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. so he didn't have a slammer. It's just enough <laughs> of a pog. That makes it more challenging then, doesn't it? Like, well, he got his face slapped a lot, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I was like that. I'd be like, first one, nah, I'm going home. <laughs> 50,000 <laughs> oh, won a pog. No. It was like 100 grand or something, wasn't it? Nah, I don't give a shit, man. Someone hits like... me, I'm throwing him in front of the next fucking train yeah. that's coming at me. Don't <laughs> give a you fuck. get to take all that money. <laughs> yeah. Take the money as well, and then don't have to get involved in that awful yeah. game. Also, it's Korean. No one gives a fuck if someone dies. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I don't want to get on them. Um, but yeah, there is there is a lot of toilet-based Japanese ghosts as well. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's not the only one. No, the, the, if we, we get to do. Jay, yeah. we'll do, we'll do uh, two episodes on Japanese ghosts because there's so fucking many of them. <laughs> and they're all bonkers as fuck. Hmm. <laughs> like, that's what Pokemon is. They just look into Japanese lore and culture and go, well, I've that one. Yeah. Just change its name. A lot of it is yeah. from that, yeah. So there's one like when I was researching this, there was one that was, he said, see also, you know, the the corresponding Wikipedia yeah. article, and it was um, Pikachu. No, <laughs> it was the it was a toilet mod. It was a it was called like a grime licker, and it was just this little thing with a massive tongue that went around licking um, licking like toilet scum and unsanitary toilet conditions, and it was uh, there's a Pokemon called Licker Tongue, and <laughs> that's what Licker Tongue's based on apparently. Well, well, the more you know. He was your favourite, weren't he? Chucky. Alright. Demons are a staple in modern culture, being a well established avatar for evildoers, even though their origins don't align them with the forces of evil. But leave it to Christianity to put a negative spin on something. In modern times, though, demons have spread across many mediums, including books, works of art, music, and maybe my favourite, video games. Doom is a first person shooter that exposed many adolescents to gaming on PC for the very first time. It was blamed for bringing down university networks in America when it first launched as students were sharing the 2.39 megabyte game to every machine they could. Doom features a futuristic, generic space marine wearing green body armor that winds up in a complex on Mars facing demons down the barrel of his gun. Now, Demons in Space was a bit of a new concept back in 93, but the reason for the game taking place on Mars may have had something to do with the fact that the original pitch for Doom was to make a game created after the movie Alien. But the creators of Doom were not successful in acquiring the rights. So instead, fuck it, Demons in Space. <laughs> but the weirdest thing about Doom isn't that it's probably the most popular and well-known FPS of all time, sorry Call of Duty, but that it's actually one of the most ported games of all time. The game runs on a total of 15 platforms as supported by the first party developers, but when the lead programmer, John Carmack, released the game's source code, anyone and his dog could build their own version of Doom for any device they wanted. Hackers would showcase their efforts of jailbreaking devices by porting Doom to, their, um, to them as technical demos. This quickly led to the now meme in nature saying, does it run Doom? With an ever-growing list of hardware being given unofficial support, including devices such as an ultrasonic scanner, uh, or an ultrasound scanner, an oscilloscope, a MacBook Pro touch bar, all digital cameras, pregnancy tests, and even a Porsche 911. This gives people an unprecedented amount of options to slay demons. But things recently got more bizarre as someone moved the meta from obscure hardware to social media. Literally. You can now play Doom on Twitter via the Tweet to Doom bot. It kind of plays like that old software you used to use at high school with the whole pen down, move forward, pen up sort of thing. But Doom has made demons and demon hunting more accessible than any other medium and personally I find that pretty cool. Gentlemen. 
you're a bottles. So the um, does it run doom is kind of like the anti uh, does it run crisis. Yeah, thing, yeah, that, it? that's it. Yeah, because it was the whole thing about um, you had to have like a proper high spec to run crisis. But when I kind of looked into it, it wasn't that crisis was like amazing. It's just it was so poorly optimized for yeah. the machine that it was just it took an amazing machine just to get it to run normally. Because yeah. that's it, and I think. Um, with the whole Doom thing, it was kind of like people would spend ages, like the iPhone, for example. When when iPhone first came out, all you could run on it was like web pages. There was no concept of apps in the early days. And then eventually, they kind of, um, um, some guy managed to crack it open or jailbreak it. And like one of the first things that people get running is like Doom or Quake because the, the source code's available, right? Mm. Um, and then shortly after, we did get apps. But, um, yeah, it, it it just seems bizarre. Like every now and then, you just see like another thing. Like, oh yeah, okay, cool. Somebody's got it running on um, like the little tiny thin thing on top of a MacBook keyboard. I, I, I remember seeing yeah. the person who got it run on a digital pregnancy test, and I was like, "We've come too far." Science <laughs> <laughs> gone right, too yeah. far. I've seen it, <laughs> yeah, I've seen it running on a Samsung smart fridge. That's quite cool. <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> it's a demon. <laughs> <laughs> you, have to, you have to piss on the stick to shoot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, it is. It's that thing is that it's it's it's, it's free. It's it's free source yeah. code. Anyone can run it and mod it and do what they want with it. And I think that that is the really beautiful thing about it is that it's two and a half megs, isn't it? So it's not like you know, it's yeah, way back when it was. I think like if you get it now. So the trick to all these things is so like um, the source code for almost all of um, id Software's games, like Quake, Quake Two, Quake Three, maybe not four. All all of the the engine code is free and you can use it um but what you don't get is like all the models all the artwork and all that stuff so right. you can't just download it compile it and run it you need to actually um have the stuff but they normally have a shareware version so you can get like the first couple of levels but yeah it's just it's it's fucking bananas to see like the pregnancy test one i think the guy who got it running uh eventually kind of admitted that all the stuff that was happening to power it was outside of the test yeah, but the yeah little yeah. screen was like actually uh, I, I think he, he he just loaded in a play uh, it was basically like a video he loaded in, but but it was on the, yeah. it was on the LCD screen that was on yeah, the which is just like mm. one bit color, like it's either black or it's white, wow. nothing in between. So no, it was like yeah. Game Game Boy Doom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I bet a Game Boy could have probably run it. Um, like an original. I mean, technically, I think the cartridges for Game Boys were more than it's. Well, I, I don't want to get into too much detail, but like with with no, the Game do. Boy and stuff. Uh, the Game Boy, um, Boy was capable of rendering four levels of colour, either nothing, sort of, almost, and then full. Mm. Um, and um, with it, it's funny, like um, when Nintendo were moving into 3D games, like uh, the N64 and stuff, and uh, Star Fox, there was actually um, a, a software development team in the UK called Argonaut Software who came up with the hardware to do all the 3D graphics. And they came to Nintendo and said, Oh, yeah, we've kind of got it running on the Game Boy. And like their mind was fucking blown to see like <laughs> you know, like they they made the hardware everything and like we've got no idea how you've done this. <laughs> so that's, that's fucking that wow. Yeah, man, hairs on the back of my neck just stick up. It's like <laughs> nuts thinking I would be able to do that. But um, yeah, the last the last thing that happened with Argonaut Software and Nintendo was they pitched for um, the Nintendo sixty four. They pitched a game about Yoshi. And they're like, nah, we're gonna do Mario instead, which is kind of fair dues. But that ended up turning into Croc. Uh, which wasn't very good on PlayStation. Mm. Yeah. I do just love seeing the sort of inventiveness of, of, of just when the internet gets their hands on something and so many mods come out. 
um, I won't name names for privacy reasons, but uh, I, one of our friends in school did a, um, a mod on Quake, and it was sort of centered around um, sort of the, the the nerd in high school, and he would just sort of um, all the enemies were now just the face of this nerd in high school, and every time he, a new one would appear, he'd come up and go, "Good morning, Mrs. Woodley," because <laughs> he was like very chummy with the uh, librarian. This sounds like how Columbine started. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> yes. I don't like this story. It's good that we don't have guns. For, it? Uh, Resident, have you seen some of the Thomas the Tank Engine mods for Resident? Have you seen some of the um, Thomas the Tank Engine mods for Resident Evil? Yeah. It's truly harrowing. Like, no. They have like the. The head, like his head comes off. Oh, yeah, it's the, yeah. Yeah. It's the Skyrim mod. Yeah. Skyrim, where they change oh, the dragons to Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> yeah. as well, yeah. I, my favourite Skyrim mod is the Macho Man Randy Savage, where in that first bit it's like, oh, you've woken up, sort of thing. Uh, and it lands, and it just goes, oh, yeah, in the distance. And I'm like, this is good. Yeah. They put time and effort into this. Surely Skyrim must be getting we're getting, almost, a, um, we're getting a re-release, mate. That's, that's what I mean when you said uh, Doom was sort of the most um, it's been released on the most amount of like platforms. Skyrim must be getting there by now. That's... Oh well, I mean, yeah, maybe. I mean, because Doom came out when you had the Mega Drive, the Snares, the 32X version, or the Mega CD, was it? Yeah, ran on a screen that was literally like a uh, yeah, man. Because they couldn't get it running fast. They so couldn't. Well, it, well, fuck. We'll just do we'll a quarter of the a, screen. Yeah, we'll just do a little <laughs> tiny postcard size. So you've got your massive telling, and you've got this little bit in the middle that's just running, <laughs> just running Doom. People still lost the shit for it because it was Doom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the most impressive and popular FPS of all time. I still prefer Wolfenstein, but. <laughs> Not the new ones, though. Too preachy. <laughs> right, Joe, if we can uh, have our scores, please. Uh, you have been judged this week on the cleft system. The clever, lovely, erotic fun times. Um, <laughs> I don't genuinely know. None of you mentioned really eroticism in any way. I had a pregnancy test in mine. That wins, then. <laughs> <laughs> this is bullshit. You can't, be a, you can't be erotic without a pregnancy test at some point. I mentioned... Women's toilet cubicles. He's yeah, already but, given the win to me. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's where waste goes. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed it and join us again next time. You can follow us on Twitter at Weird Thing Pod. See you soon. Weird thing about that. I'm putting sand in your eyeballs now, Wilson.